1: Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Greetings, all. Alan Seiler. Audi, And Veronica Daschle. Hi. And we've got a, a big news week this week. Uh, but before we get to the big stuff, Alan, you've got some uh, some news that's not out of San Diego Comic-Con. So,
2: yeah, before we get to the big news, here's the little news. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so there, there's a, a couple of things that have happened. Um, there's really good news for our throngs of overseas listeners. Uh, Amazon Prime has been announced as the international streaming platform for lower decks. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, lower decks! Yeah, so it's um, we have it here on Paramount+, Plus, obviously. Crave in Canada and everywhere else on the globe will be uh, Amazon Prime. So that's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, and it looks like it's debuting one day after it debuts here. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I saw. I saw Mike McMahon tweeted that the downside is that everyone won't get to yell at him about it this year, and he knows how much everyone enjoys that. So, it <laughs> <laughs> was a big deal waiting for for lower decks for people who weren't here in the states.
2: <laughs> nice. Um, so we have uh, a tweet from Anson Mount saying that uh, principal work on strange new worlds has completed uh there's still uh some pickup stuff that needs to be done and then they'll have to go into the remainder of post-production so the score and editing and um, grading and all that kind of stuff has to be done um, but the uh, as far as filming uh, it's pretty much completed so that's exciting yeah um and in further uh Strange New Worlds news: uh, A thing started coming out today. IMDb has, well, somebody has updated mm-hmm. the IMDb listing for the series, and it lists a an actress named Gia Sandu who is listed as playing Tapring in three episodes. Yeah. Now Trekkies all know T'Pring is um, Spock's betrothed. Uh, back in the original series, in Amok Time, so it's really going to be interesting if this is true. If this is right. an actual thing, it's really going to be interesting to see what they're going to be doing with T'Pring and um, theoretically Spock uh, in this storyline. It's going to be uh, really cool to see. Yeah, I'm looking
0: forward to it because, and I'm hoping she looks enough like the previous T'Pring so we can use the same T'Pring puppet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, those are the important concerns. It
0: is. It really is. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And I don't think it'll be so different that the puppet will have to be altered. Oh, good. Yeah. Because that's not
1: going to happen.
0: Right. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Exactly. Well, I go with something new when the already established thing is perfect. Right.
1: Well, I'm not going to get too excited about this until we get a better source than IMDB, because that can really go either way. But um, it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. to say the least yeah I, I would love it if this meant there's going to be more flashbacks to spock's life on vulcan because i thought those elements of season two were great that's some of my favorite parts of season two were the flashbacks to sarek's house and young spock and mm-hmm. and all that in the second season of discovery yeah so i'd love to see more of of young spock i can imagine that to would actually show up on the ship for three out of ten episodes that would be that would be a surprising turn
2: it would definitely but i can't also imagine them visiting Vulcan that many times in one 10 episode season. True. So there's gotta be some in between where she's, maybe it's just through communications leading up to one visit to Vulcan. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. One further story is uh, this week, as we speak, LeVar Burton hosting Jeopardy. Nice. Yeah. I've been waiting all season for this to happen. Like, repeatedly throughout the last six to nine months, however long it's been looking at the listing of guest hosts and saying, okay, is is it Jordy's turn yet? (laughs) No, it's not till July. That's, that's three months from now. Oh my God. So we finally get here. It's finally his week and yes, he only gets one week
0: um,
2: hosting. And it's right during the Olympics, the first week of the Olympics. Mm. The show is carried in the Atlanta area by an NBC affiliate. So it is bumped from the schedule and I don't get to watch.
1: Oh, I
2: have literally waited all season to see LeVar and lived through some of the other hosts, good and bad, to get to LeVar
1: and nothing. There's no Jeopardy plus or anything that you're subscribed to? (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) Jeopardy does not have any pluses. Okay. (laughs)
0: Lame.
2: Totally. So, you know, there you go. But so I hope everyone else is watching. But, of course, by the time this goes out on our podcast, he'll be done. So.
1: Yeah. Well, good for him. I hope it goes well. Yeah, exactly. I think it's
3: fascinating that a uh, that an
1: NFL quarterback
3: is actually in the discussion with him now as far as being a permanent host. Um, Aaron he Rodgers. was great. He was yeah. really
2: good. I really enjoyed him.
3: Yeah. That, that, I thought that was pretty interesting. But evidently, he studied for Jeopardy just like he studied for a football game. So yeah. I'm also looking forward to LeVar Burton as well you know I was reading and realizing that LeVar Burton is 64 years old yeah he wow. doesn't even look like it but he also more importantly he doesn't have um whatever 64 year old means he has a really youthful thing about him that I think would translate well to hosting a show you know he just he, mm-hmm. he seems youthful and exuberant and I think that'll really come oh absolutely
2: absolutely yeah. um and then there's one last story that came in last minute that I haven't even read yet so Charles, you'll have to help me out by <laughs> filling out some details. And that is uh, an update on Captain Proton.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more. I mean, Ro- Robbie McNeil keeps beating the drum for Captain Proton. Yes, he does. And he's I'm glad. Heart. Yeah, and basically he was on a podcast and he mentioned that he's had talks with Alex Kurtzman. He's pitched it to them. Uh, he mentioned he thought about doing it himself as a podcast, you know, during during COVID it basically sounds like he's pitching it in every possible format as shorts or as As a podcast. And I think, I mean, something that star Trek's not really done is an official fiction podcast. And that's a big thing. Exactly. Just, just today I saw the, yeah, they announced this new Spotify Batman podcast with Winston Duke and Jason Isaacs as Batman and, and Alfred, wow. which, you know, you get all a lot of, you know, big name cast and high production values on these things now. Yeah. Um, so that might be something interesting to explore. like on
2: like on ours.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. We don't come cheap. <laughs>
2: be warned all you conventions that are going to book us as guests that's right we have demands
1: uh so i think that would be a great option for it too because then you could do more than just like a short trek and do like actual captain proton storyline and everything exactly and get whoever from you want from old or new star trek
2: absolutely yeah i think it's a great idea
1: and as we might be discussing later in this podcast robbie mcneil's voice hasn't aged a day since he was a voyager he sounds Uh, exactly the same
2: yes. yes he does
1: so yeah, that was it for that. So that far. was it for that. Yeah, I listened right.
3: to the uh, the Delta Flyers podcast with uh, with him and Garrett Wong. <laughs> I listened to that weekly, and they have been talking about Captain Proton for over a year. That's right. right. To your point there, they're very excited about it. They, they they keep talking about wanting to do something together. So um, this has actually been something they've been really excited about doing.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, Robbie stays so busy.
1: Mm-hmm. Boy,
2: I constantly with like layers of projects Mm -hmm. you know and so i just can't imagine a that he has time to do this podcast with garrett (laughs) and b that he's wanting to do that he's so devoted to this idea of developing captain proton in some form yeah but man i'm i just i'm i'm the biggest fan of that i'm
3: good point well you know as i said he lived in atlanta and then he then he moved to Canada just a year ago. Now he just moved to Utah, and then he just got married a few weeks ago, <laughs> on top of doing at least two. And his father died last year. Oh. So he he is always working. You're right, but he yeah. is he, his voice sounds exactly the same, and he is just so excited about doing it. He he's funny. He listen to him. He doesn't really want to act a whole lot. He directs. That's what he's more he's more comfortable with. Yep. I didn't realize until I really listened that he has such an extensive resume. I mean, unfortunately, I first knew him as the dude in that Masters of the Universe movie, <laughs> which was pretty awful. But I hadn't realized he had a huge stage career um he was on stage did a lot of musicals he knows a lot of famous people he's been around for a long time and he just got he had a skill of acting but stuff like this doing captain proton is the kind of thing that would bring him back he does Mm -hmm. keep a youthful exuberance about him also he's 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 a really cool guy to listen to yeah
2: Yeah. i never got to meet him but i wish i had because he just seems like the neatest funnest guy
1: yeah all right well keith you had some this week in trek for us this week yeah not a lot just a
3: couple of things uh, first off I thought this was this was kind of funny. I always look up and see if there's anything really relevant in the in the so-called future you know the future history track <laughs> and, it, and it turns out there was a rather important day july twenty seventh two thousand and sixty three. A ship was commissioned. The Enterprise D, under command of one Jean-Luc Picard, was commissioned on July 27, 2363 at the Utopia Planitia shipyards. Oh,
2: I, I, I thought the first time you said 2063. And That's I what I thought it. as well. I was like, uh... <laughs> wow, <okay. And laughs> so I'm then like, it was uh... work
0: Drive, and then the next year, <laughs> they had
2: a <to> galaxy-class
3: <laughs> yeah. <on> starship. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I always love stuff like that. Um, The other thing that um, I I found that was kind of interesting, well, there's just a couple of birthdays this week. Uh, July 26, 1957, one Nana visitor was
2: Yay! Oh, yeah. my gosh. I love her so much. Yes,
3: I do, too. I love her as an actress. And she has you know, like so many people like Gates, um, Gates McFadden and others. She has a, a really you know, extensive background outside of just science fiction acting. As most people probably know, she's a dancer and uh, she's a choreographer. Mm-hmm. What was the one she did with Tom Cruise? Um, uh, was it Labyrinth? that She, chore- she did. That was um, Gates.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Gates did that. I, I was listening to an interview with her and I didn't realize she has um, scoliosis. And she had it as a child and mm-hmm. she actually started dancing because she said otherwise they said she was going to be bent over her entire life. Mm-hmm. And she started dancing to get around that. And it's you know stayed with her on all, all this kind of good things. That's talking about Gates Fan. And, and the Nana Visitor, I saw her a few years ago, went to New York and saw her in in Chicago. Oh, cool! And this was not too long after Deep Space Nine. It was phenomenal, and she is a really, really good dancer and singer. I mean, she was. So wait was, a minute. Where
2: you went to New York? But you saw her in <laughs> Chicago. How does that? And, I'm sorry, you're right.
3: Okay, let's back up. In the musical. Oh, no, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I'm
2: Just being. But I'm mute. pumped. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: She is a she's a great actor, and always you know one of those things you could always talk about. What if is most people probably know Michelle Forbes, who is also just a phenomenal actress, was supposed to carry Ensign Row over from the Next Generation to Deep Space Nine, and she was supposed to be Cisco's uh, first in command, first officer. But Michelle Forbes has always said she doesn't like to get too pigeonholed into one thing, so she turned them down. They begged her and begged her, please come over to Deep Space Nine. And she said, Nah, I'm done. Which is why we got an non visitor, and. I I
1: think that she did a fantastic job on Deep Space yeah, Nine. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, I like Michelle Forbes, but I would yeah. hate her not been a totally different character. Well, it would have would been totally to Ensign well,
0: yeah, Rowe. <laughs> yes, yeah, but like the relationship with Bejor and the whole religion thing would have been totally.
2: Yeah,
3: very the true. The
0: of it would have been yeah. different.
3: That's a good point. Yeah, it's a very good point. Another birthday we have on, on this day in 1969 I was born Brian Fuller. Okay. Hmm. Wow. There's a name, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a name. A lot of people who may not uh, know about Brian Fuller. He had a lot of work on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. is a is a real Trekkie or Trekker for those who prefer. Outside of the Star Trek experience, he did a couple of shows that I really enjoyed. Many of which, unfortunately, mm-hmm. didn't last a long time. There was a really good uh, series called Wonderfalls. Yes. That, mm-hmm. I oh, last that last was may. great. Remember that? Was that yep. one season?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think it was like what? half a season.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> was, exactly. it was less than ten episodes.
3: And it was so good. And I remember watching it and then it just went away. And I thought, yeah. oh, man, you just nowadays with cable and streaming, it might have had a chance mm-hmm. to, to survive longer. Uh, he also was behind Dead Like Me, another yep. good one. Yep. And another one I think that most people probably remember was Pushing Daisies. Yes. Yeah. Another phenomenal show that didn't last <laughs> <Yeah>. long. <laughs> he, he's
1: great at starting shows. Yes.
3: <laughs> I've heard that. Woo. Now what I had what I had read too was as many people know, he was one of the driving forces behind the resurgence of the new Star Trek, such mm-hmm. as Star Trek mm-hmm. Discovery, but he was also working on American Gods. Yep. And what I understand was was it a mutual decision
1: where it was there was too much for him to do to try to work both shows, which is why he helped develop there's conflicting reports. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't know if we'll ever get the, the full story of what happened with those things. Right. Maybe in like 20 years. Yeah, in 20 years when Shatner does a documentary, Chaos on the Bridge 2. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, right?
3: (laughs) Good point. Uh, One or two more. One, a sad one, uh, but on this day was born the actress, in 1967, was born the actress Kelly Waymeyer. Oh. Yeah, we just discussed her. Yeah. The Enterprise version, um, Dear Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was she was a fan favorite. She has a really just a light a a kind of a um, she has a really appealing personality. Uh, She's somebody that the fans really liked and trusted her. And and, uh, she had just a few uh, appearances in Star Trek. She passed away a few years ago. And there had even been talk of trying to make her bring her back for other Star Trek series. This is way back when she was doing those couple of appearances. But unfortunately, she passed away. But she's one of those that I love her in the episode she was in because she's kind of like that, um, that every person, almost like a Miles O'Brien, where she wasn't an officer. She was just an ensign, but she had a lot of presence. And it's too bad she um, unfortunately passed away. Yeah, could be around for more track. And then the last one, in two days, July 29th, 1972, will be the birthday of one Will Wheaton. Okay. Yay, Will. Yeah. And most people probably remember him from Stand By Me, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) The movie. And of course, you know, Will Wheaton, what can you say? Star Trek gets, even today, still gets a lot of hate, the Wesley Crusher character. I have really never understood the hate for Wesley Crusher, but it's still significant. Um, I've never blamed him for it. I thought he wore he wore um, goofy clothes the first season or two, but I always liked it, and I always kind of blamed Gene Roddenberry for introducing the character the way he introduced him. But not Will Wheaton, and I was actually sad to see Will Wheaton leave the series when he did. But at that point, you know, if you listen to him, his memoirs, and listen to him talk, he had felt he'd taken, frankly, quite a bit of abuse from some of the showrunners, and he felt a lot of times people weren't. Indulgently. He would try to go do other projects and he just felt the show had run its course, but fortunately he stayed around. I mean, the guy does everything from tabletop gaming to uh, commentary on Star Trek and so forth. So he, he's, he's a pretty cool person also. I've never met him, but he seems like somebody I'd like to meet one day as well.
1: Thanks for that, Keith. Uh, we'll take yeah. a quick break to promote our fellow ESO network podcast shows. And then when we come back, we'll get into our discussion topics. So stay right there.
3: How did watchdog groups with no experience in television take a controlling interest on Saturday morning television? When did Wonder Woman make her animated debut? Want to know why there were two competing Ghostbuster shows? How Atari changed the Saturday morning landscape? How did networks compete over similar genres at the same time? Find out all of this and more on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. A proud member of the ESO Network.
1: All right. So this week, uh, San Diego Comic-Con at home had their peak animation panel. Included in that was uh, Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Lower Decks. So those are the only two I watched. I didn't watch the others. So the, we're going to stick with the Star Trek ones this week. Um, a lot, <laughs> I mean, that is the topic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, a lot of great information coming out of the panel. Nice to oh, see the... Yeah. The, the crew's talking and we got trailers for both. Uh, so mm-hmm. starting with Star Trek Prodigy, any reaction from anybody for as far as anything from the panel that jumped out at you or from the trailer itself?
2: Um. OK, from the trailer, the artwork looks amazing. Incredible. Oh, my like, gosh. It's Holy cow. This is going to look incredible.
1: It, it, it's just very rich and lush and yeah. like epic and scale in a way that Star Trek TV shows of even the new ones like Discovery, which is pretty big in scale. Right. I mean, doesn't look anything like this. Right. Oh
2: man, I'm so excited about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And the animation style seems to be more like uh, what a lot of the kid shows are like today, whereas Lower Decks
2: seems not right. not really
0: classic like animated series, but more like 90s cartoon almost.
2: Yeah. It's very different approaches.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think when they first announced they were doing a Nickelodeon show for kids, people had like Dora the Explorer kind of shows in <laughs> mind. Uh, which right. this is not. Right. This, this, this looks, um, I mean, it looks great to me. Um, but we got to see a lot of the characters. We got to see uh doll. And it looks like, from what from what we would heard, you know, they're on this uh, sort of prison mining planet. And yeah. They escape in a, a a starship that's crashed there, a Federation starship, which we saw for the first time yes. uh, here in this trailer, the USS Protostar.
2: Yeah, baby.
1: Oh, uh, what did you think of the Protostar from what we've seen so far?
2: Well, you don't get to see too much of it, mm-hmm. and it's very much the classic, you know, Trek design. Yeah. So I think we're gonna have to get better shots of it to see really the differences in the like the the whole configuration, but the interiors we haven't seen anything yet. Right. So, yeah, the. Ooh, I'm so excited.
1: From the exterior shots we got, it looks very much to me like, um, like a ship should look post first contact. It has exactly. that very sovereign look, um, in the general shapes. Um, has that sort of uh, shiny metal metallic look like the Sovereign class had, like the Enterprise E. Right. Um, but a, a big difference is that the bridge has sort of a cockpit dome. Yes. You guys notice that, and from the in- yes. from the interior, and then you can see it from the exterior as well. It's like to me, the ship looks like a cross between the enterprise E and like one of those, like the right stuff jets, like the, the <laughs> test pilot jets, they were flying, you know, like it has that sort of look like an aircraft almost mm-hmm. with the way the, the, the cell struts are, are sort of swept back and you have the rounder in the cells. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool look though.
2: Absolutely. I'm excited to see more.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I agree with you as well. When I first saw it, um, I thought the, the look of it was surprising to me. I didn't expect it to look so lush almost.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, I,
3: I had recently watched um, Love Death and Robots season 2 on Netflix Oh, was... I
2: haven't watched season 2 yet. Oh my yeah.
3: gosh. And and that, has, that that series has some really good animation. Um kind of like the movie Heavy Metal where there's the you know, yeah. changes from one to one. And when I saw Prodigy to Your Point, I didn't expect it to look like this. And it looks really good. Just the look alone yeah. is phenomenal. And you're right about that spaceship too. It it has um it it has a more a sleeker look. You know, almost mm-hmm. like almost like it's a scout class or something like that. Yeah. Um, Kind of like the
1: look of it. Yeah, so I'm wondering what happened to the crew. Why is this? Why is this ship just chilling out there? And and what we what we keep hearing is that you know there it's a Delta Quadrant show that takes place in the Delta Quadrant, um, which would make sense because you need time for the yeah the they can't fly back to the Federation next week because then we don't have a show anymore. You know, (laughs) Um, but a lot of Alpha Quadrant races, and they mentioned in the panel that. the primary female character whose name i just forgot who's like her dad is like the warden gwen. of gwen um speaks klingon yeah
2: she's a, a translator yeah so she speaks lots of languages so basically this is like a this is going to be sort of a different take on what they were doing with hoshi in enterprise yeah which exactly. i'm excited about
1: yeah it's interesting to me that that Klingon is the language that they mentioned because you don't yeah, associate Klingon with the Delta, Delta Quadrant either. So
2: exactly.
1: We have a lot of unanswered questions there. But I, I love the look of sort of the the more rugged spacesuits they were in. And they're out there, you know, for whatever reason, they're having to turn that wheel to to mine this planet. A lot of detail in it. Um, and then they're sort of been chased around by these robot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Puppies. Well, did, was there anything in the panel that jumped out at anybody?
0: I was I was very surprised that they actually got like a young girl to play the eight year old.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: Rock Talk. Yeah, yeah, the big Rock Monster.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like the the little um blob creature is sort of Rock Talk sidekick. Yes, and doesn't yes. sound like uh, the blob creature. Do you know the blob <laughs> creature's name? I don't know anybody's name yet. <laughs>
2: Oh, Murph is the Murph. Murph. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: doesn't sound like Murph speaks English. Murph makes noises. Yeah. So I'm not going to try to replicate. There you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can and it that. was really
2: interesting to see the actor, name escapes me, do the voice live on the panel. Yeah. That was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. We got a little bitty clip of Janeway's voice there at the end. Um, of the trailer, right. Of the trailer, right. Yeah, she was all over the panel, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a little bit of Janeway's voice in the trailer and we didn't get to see any uh, hologram Janeway in action yet. Nope.
2: They're going to save it for either the very last trailer or we have to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm okay with.
1: Now this, we got a little bit more specific on the release, uh, time frame. This time we got fall 2021, right? Which <laughs> makes me wonder if, if, if lower deck starts in August, if, yeah. That means you'd put, I mean, if Prodigy started after Lower Decks, 10 episodes, and that would put it in October. And then I was looking at the calendar last night. Then you you have one more Thursday after they do 10 episodes of Prodigy where you could debut, um, discovery on December, like the 30th. Yes. And still make (laughs) that 2021 date that they absolutely (laughs) had mentioned. So that sounds perfect. Yeah. So it it looks like we're in for a a good, which means,
2: yeah. I mean, and they've been saying Picard in 2022. So yeah. 13 episodes of Discovery, and then boom, next week you get Picard. So we we could have four shows in a row.
1: Yeah.
2: Holy moly. Five if they
0: have um,
2: Strange New Worlds
0: ready to go. Yeah.
1: And and it sounds like they're on track to have Strange New Worlds. ready. And then right
0: after Strange New Worlds, they'll have Lower Deck Season (laughs) (laughs) 3.
1: No, maybe not that
2: quickly. But I I want them to space this out a little bit. Give us a break at some point. Yeah. I mean, we Star have to Trek do ep-
0: every single week. New we Star have to Trek do episodes
2: about other things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So prodigy so far is just blowing me away with, 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 with what we've seen.
2: Um, I was really interested in. OK, they, they went into some good detail about every one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. They had uh, all the actors in place and each actor described their character. Um so we got a lot of really cool details on every one of these characters. Um, I'm really interested in Zero, the Medusan. Yeah. Um, let's see. He can read others' minds. Uh, of course, we you know we know that if anybody sees, they're, they're referring to it as them, right? Um, because it's a non-gendered sort of non-corporeal, you know. Sure. Um, so I- anyone who licks upon them is you know gets driven mad mm-hmm. so i'm really really curious to see how they're going to develop and he and uh the actor said that they go into more detail developing the medusan as an individual as you know part of a culture mm-hmm. so i'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to be doing what we're going to learn about medusans
1: yeah for sure oh, man yeah it's interesting i know um you know and and is there in truth no beauty the Medusa was very fascinated just by the concept of speech you
2: right.
1: know mm-hmm. so i i'm interested to see just um how strange this Medusa might be or how accustomed to dealing with you know corporeal life forms yeah you know it seems like they've been around for a while long enough to have a suit and so forth uh,
2: yeah exactly and I'm, i'm curious to know where that comes from and why yeah But I thought it was really cool that uh, the actor in the trailer, you get a little bit like maybe one sentence of each character's speech. Right. It's a focus on Dahl and Gwen. Um, But the one line that we hear from the Medusan is very nonspecific as to what gender the actor is. Yeah. And it's a guy that's playing it, but he, he pitches it right in between the sort of the male and the female range, mm-hmm. and it sounds very neutral. And it's, it's really interesting the way he's done it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hear more. I had the same thought that, you know, if I didn't know uh, who was playing the character, I would, I might've assumed that was a woman's voice, just exactly. hearing a voice in the trailer. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play with that and how they, how they deal with the, um you know, the non-gendered concept with an alien character. Right.
2: Right. Cause he's non all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah. He's,
2: non, he's he's non-body. Right. <laughs> Non-humanoid. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I've always wondered, too, um, has anybody ever yet really said why people go mad when they see Medusans?
1: No, I think it was implied just that they were really ugly to look at, you know, yeah. from <laughs> or they're so
2: they're so different. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, we uh, can't comprehend. Right. That, that level of difference.
3: Yeah, and I've always wondered. It'd be interesting to your point they explore that. I've always wondered if the Medusans are not only not corporeal. I wonder if they're not all in our in our um, in our space time. Mm. I wonder if like partially in four dimensions or something like that. Because you know, if you think about it, if a human mind tried to, if there were if there are higher dimensions, if a human mind tried to grasp higher dimensions, we couldn't. And then of course, back in that episode of the original series, Ambassador Carlos was able to do some weird funky flying that no one else could do and you know they and they went through some weird type of space that was not normal space Mm -hmm. so i wonder if part of of the medusans um live in another dimension or something maybe that's what people see it's like your mind goes your mind goes crazy trying to comprehend the dimension in which they live maybe that's Mm -hmm. part of it so it'll be very interesting to see something like Mm -hmm. that
0: yeah
2: um i was really kind of drawn to gwen um Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, of two characters in particular, uh, Jankum Pog, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: the tellerite, right? the actor, and I'm, I, I can't remember anybody's names right <laughs> off the top of my head. So Did you get the um, character's names out? J- Jason Manzoukas. It. Thank you, Jason <laughs> Manzoukas. Um, it was interesting that he talked an awful lot. And yet, when it came to actually talking about his character, he really only said the stuff that we already know. Yeah. Yep. You know that he's cantankerous, that he's argumentative, that he can be aggressive and confrontational. I mean, that was the stuff that we were already given in the character breakdowns. So he he yammered a lot, but he didn't really <laughs> say anything, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Well, I'm sure they were given very specific briefs before oh, they sure. <laughs> what you're allowed to say. Right.
2: But to to counteract that, we have Gwen, um, and and the way that the actress described her character, uh, she, you know, it was sort of what we kind of already know, but it it seemed a little more fleshed out that she starts mm. off really closed off. She's under the thumb of her father, which makes us think that the father might be not the nicest of of guys.
1: Right. Well, he's running um, this terrible prison it, exactly. mining camp.
2: Uh, she's she's feels conflicted, and then throughout the season. She is the way she, she described it is she learns how to be a kid. Hmm. I think that's going to be a really, really cool journey to see. That's very fun.
1: That immediately makes me think of that time Ensign Roe became a kid and had to <laughs> learn to be a kid. Oh God, let's hope not. Rascals. <laughs> I like rascals. Oh, I mean it was fine, but you know.
2: I felt bad for well, that's a side prod. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was and, and then they kind of just like almost threw on, you know, that she's a translator and knows all these different languages, including Klingon. Yeah. It was an interesting detail to put out there.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm interested to see if her people are sort of ongoing antagonists like chasing after them and so forth.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially since they seem to have put so much work into like their drones and attack Mm -hmm. scarabs or whatever those things are. Right. Um, (laughs) That that might be a recurring feature in the series that we might have a new sort of alien baddie.
2: Yeah. Very well could be. I mean, I'm sure if she's under her father's thumb, he's not going to be happy that she's, you know, gone missing. Right. So either he's a concerned father who's going to want her back or he's a control freak who's going to want her back
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah so it's going to be i'm, I'm looking forward to it. and the other the last thing that i've got is um janeway um i can of course remember that actress's name but that is kate mulgrew <laughs> yes. um that she uh is there to help the kids get the ship up and running and she she is driven to help the kids have success Mm-hmm. And whatever it is they're trying to be doing, she's so I'm. I'm really excited to see all of these characters uh, introduced and developed. But how Janeway is going to be interacting with each one of these characters and with them as a group? I'm, I'm, I'm like I am one thousand percent on board with this show.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, it, every every the more I see and hear about it, the the, the more I can't wait to watch it because it right just, on it looks so just huge and epic and gorgeous, you know yeah. and yeah, I'm just excited about it.
2: And they they really went into, they really sort of leaned on the whole setup of the thing that this is the first Star Trek show that is not told through Starfleet eyes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, uh, it's a, a group of characters who know nothing at all about Starfleet and about the Star Trek world and the lore. So it's the perfect vehicle to introduce new characters. Uh, members of the audience to what Star Trek is and stands for. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited.
1: Yeah. I don't know how many
2: times I should say that. (laughs) I I think everybody knows right now that I'm super excited about.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of reminds me of, to your point, uh, Alan, about that. It kind of reminds me of them coming from a different angle from the discussions that went on for years and years about people wanting a um, Star Trek Academy. Yeah. A Uh show featuring, um, cadets yeah which would have been all about young people mm-hmm. learning what it is to be in starfleet or learning how
2: to survive out yeah. there and something and, like this and I, I still, still think that would be a great idea to do
3: yeah yeah nick Lacarno maybe he's still there well no the hey kid.
2: maybe he's probably <laughs> a professor now
1: <laughs> yeah
3: so i think that's i think that's a great idea and and, and, and it opens up a lot of stuff you, you know we've talked yeah. about directive and things like that it opens yeah up a lot of
2: possibilities but but okay dare i say to your point Mm -hmm. I want I want there to be a Star Trek police procedural. I want there to be a Star Trek medical drama. I hear you. I mean, all the stuff that you see, all the tropes that you see on TV exist in the Star Trek world. Yeah,
1: right. I want to see.
2: I want to see. see a. (laughs) You want what?
1: Klingon Game of Thrones.
2: Yeah, (laughs) baby. I want a Star Trek um, reality elimination cooking show.
1: Oh, yeah. Starring
2: Neelix, of course. Of course. (laughs) anyway oh, that's a, that's oh. a silly but no i do think i do think a star trek police procedural would be amazing yeah. and a hospital drama would be amazing i think i think star trek lends itself to any of these things
3: yeah absolutely yeah and that's a future podcast topic which is the world of star trek because so much Ooh. of what we see in star trek by definition is pretty much the military. And I know people don't write in or call in and say Star, Starfleet's not a military. It's a military as far as I'm concerned. But to your point, uh, Alan, so much of what we see by necessity is through the, the Starfleet. And yep. it, there's I, there's so much of the world I'd like to see mm-hmm. uh, that. I'm so
1: much of the world I'd like to see outside of just the military. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, any other thoughts about Prodigy before we move on to Lower Decks?
0: My favorite part was yeah. um, Vice Lieutenant Janeway.
1: oh my gosh yep yep that was funny yeah he got i I, I almost called him quinn mallory whatever his real name is he got her got her i love him so much yeah i do too
0: i want him all over all star trek
2: i agree with that i agree with that um my final thought is i'm really excited about prodigy
1: yeah just in case that hadn't
2: come through yeah i'm
1: glad you mentioned that just in case i was vague about that All right, well, moving on. Uh, this the next panel was Star Trek Lower Decks. So we got some info and uh and a new trailer for season two of Lower Decks.
2: Yeah. Oh man.
0: Inside Hands. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Inside Jazz Hands.
1: Yeah, okay. if you if you've not watched the panel, definitely go watch the panel because it was uh it was it was absolutely delightful. Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say uh, the my favorite thing about the uh lower decks panel was just seeing the cast. You know that they've they've the the cast of prodigy is still new and they're still Mm -hmm. new to each other um but these guys you know they they've clearly bonded they clearly have a great time with each other and they you know they they love joking with each other and i just thought it was so much fun to watch them interacting
1: yeah and i thought it was great that um What's Quinn Mallory's real name, Veronica? I don't
0: I remember. Kind of I was trying to remember.
1: Jerry O'Connell. O'Connell. Here we go. I'm forgetting Jerry O'Connell's <laughs> Sorry, name. Jerry. He played Quinn Mallory on Sliders, right? But,
0: um, Not <laughs> Mallory. Quinn yeah. Mallory.
1: Yeah. He was host. He was hosting the panel. Will Wheaton wasn't available for these, so you had <laughs> right. Jerry O'Connell hosting. And at one point, his family barged in, which apparently includes Ethan Peck. I don't know if they adopted him or what, but um, no. Jerry O'Connell's family and Ethan Peck all sort of walked in the door.
2: yeah it was uh he's married to rebecca romaine yep Yep. and and uh she and uh they what they said was that she and ethan were running lines
1: Mm. well
2: so i guess that was you know but that was right about the time that they wrapped, so I don't know what they're running lines. I
1: for. don't know. I just thought it was charming when they all. They <laughs> probably it's just always...
0: landed. It. It's Rebecca like, Romijn
1: and their kids, let's have and Ethan Peck. Peck just show up. <laughs> they
2: probably just they probably just hang out, right? I'm they sure they do. They probably just all go to each other's house. Yeah, that's what I want to believe. Like all the Star Trek people just hang out with each other.
1: Well, I'm going to believe that Ethan Peck is now their child and has. I like number. that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of cool things in the trailer. Oh man! Primarily the man, the Pandronian from Bem. There's a Pandronian in the trailer, same the same species as Commander Ari Ben-Bim from what? the animated series. Yeah.
2: How did I not see that? I don't
1: know. I posted an image of it. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that directly either. to you.
2: <laughs> I didn't even see you post that. Yeah. Holy cow. There's I mean, a, there was so much stuff to see in that there trailer. Is,
1: but there's one quick <laughs> shot of a Pandronian, um, mm, a female God. Pandronian. And she's addressing the crew, and she's got the same uniform on that Commander Ari Ben-Bim had on in the episode BIM of the animated uh. series. Um which is pretty exciting. I love when they bring back animated series things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also got some Ferengi. It looks like there's going to be a Ferengi episode, which, mm-hmm. woohoo. Yeah. Veronica's on board with the Ferengi. Right. <laughs> it'll be, it'll my, be the only one that she watches. <laughs>
0: it'll be my few new favorite Lowered X episode.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: I started laughing when they showed them what looked like playing probably Jump Jump with the Nausicans and running away. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I mean, I love that because that's, you know, that's such, a, that's such a famous line from, um, Gosh, what was it? Was it tapestry? Yeah. Tap in the tapestry episode. Human play dom job. And uh <laughs> and you see the nosikans again. So and the nostikens, they've been used so much through the series. There was an episode of D Space Nine when um I think Brunt, FCA, his security guards were his his private guards were Gnosicans. And there's a really stupid scene where he's talking to Quark and the Nosicans are literally throwing darts at each other. And they're literally, they're literally, <laughs> that's literally not I love
1: that. Oh <laughs> you know, I know, that's great. <laughs> great.
3: And the darts are just they're just embedding themselves in their flesh <laughs> and they keep on going. So I, I laughed out loud when I saw the scene where they're running away from the Nausicaans. <laughs> you see the tables in there. That that was so funny. Also, that the, the trailer for this look, you know, talking about projects, the trailer looked lush with the mm. colors and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know if it looks better
2: than the first season, but it looks amazing. I don't know. I, I always thought the Lower Decks looked really good.
1: Well, it does look like they have a new model for the ship. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's more detail in this ship model
2: which you which you don't see much of only as it's yeah. leaving our our stars behind right <laughs> at the beginning of the trailer which i thought was hilarious
1: yeah it it, lo- it looks like they're on a one of those little satellite relays like yeah. uh like the one with the cryo tubes in it in the neutral zone there something similar to that when they, the ship warps <laughs> off and leaves them there
0: yeah what i want to know is why boimler was with them in that he's so, back well yeah, oh, obviously yeah. he's back but that means that's significantly later and
1: in... i don't think it's gonna be i don't think it's gonna
2: later. be a lot yeah i think Maybe second episode he'll be back.
1: I don't think it'll take long. From from the clips we've got of him on the Titan, he's not fitting in well. (laughs) He's always just screaming.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which they set
1: up in season one, that not everyone's cut out to be on the awesome starship. Right. You know?
2: Exactly. But Boimler, that's what he wants. That's his goal. So it's interesting that he's now got a taste of what that life is like. And I wonder if that's going to have modified his goals a little bit, if that tempers his uh, excitement or his enthusiasm for climbing the ladder. Mm. We'll have to see. Yeah. Will he be happier being lower decks? Will he be more, (laughs) you know, in line with his buddies? I, I do from the first season. One of the things that I wanted to see more of was, uh scenes with the four main characters together and we yep. only ever really got them in two pairs yeah and so i'm really want to see more of the four of them together and yes.
1: mike mcmahon has said that they're they're going to be playing with that too and pairing them up differently yeah. and so forth so which, yeah which would be good i i want to see like mariner and tendy having adventures and yeah 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 and things like that uh which tendy looks like she's having some difficulties this season she gets <laughs> swallowed by a space slug of some kind and turned right. into a scorpion at some point mm-hmm so we're, we haven't talked about the plate yet.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> all right. We got it. Okay. First of all, the fact that they have a commemorative plate is just the funniest thing. Yes. Like, I why mean, is he
0: crawling around in Jeffrey's tube with a plate?
1: Well, why wouldn't you? Well, we well, I mean, plate.
2: it's your most prized possession. You would yeah. want to protect it. But this is this is very much along the lines of the Spock helmet in season mm-hmm. one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just one of those things that isn't from the Trek canon. It's from the Trek you know, peripheral and, and I just think it's hilarious. But then the plate is of Tom
1: Paris. Yep, And it's talking to him.
2: Oh my gosh. I (laughs) I got to tell you as much as every single thing about this trailer, I was so happy about, but then I got Tom Paris and I was like, dude, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, That is, I mean, that just made me so happy.
1: And that's a great way to do a cameo, too, because you don't yeah. have to worry about how to get him into the show. Exactly. And presumably, Boimler could have a whole collection of these plates. So he could talk to Worf. You know, who knows? Wait, <laughs> I mean, he could have action figures. I'm down for that's it. That's true. Well, yeah. we do see little data action figures in that in that. In that chase yeah. scene clip they released, there's little yeah. daily action figures go flying, or or little figurines of some kind.
2: Right, right, right. But
1: um, Tom Paris sounds great; like yes, he sounds he exactly like he did in the '90s to me.
2: He sounds exactly like Captain Proton.
1: <laughs> and they've already announced that these plates are going on uh, sale. They're going for uh, they're going up for <laughs> yeah. limited time. They're you can buy your own Tom Paris. Uh, why wouldn't plate.
2: you? I, I mean, that's just the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man.
0: And Jeffrey Combs.
1: Jeffrey combs.
2: jeffrey combs as the evil computer yeah who thinks Mary i mean i fat? didn't i didn't catch it when i heard it i didn't yeah. catch it I, it was only after they said it in the panel mm. and i was like there you go jeffrey combs that means it's a successful series
1: yeah yeah i mean you got to have jeffrey combs in there right you have to so hopefully he'll be back as, as more and more roles but i'm right. excited to have him back um and it looks like we're getting um more of the pack leads this year
2: more Paclids. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's interesting that you take a real throwaway from mm-hmm. TNG and you sort of make it your recurring villain.
1: Well, I think I, that's great.
2: I think it is, too. Yeah. It's, it's it's taking those elements that you know and and maybe, you know, cast aside and you retool them. You use them in new ways. I think it's great.
1: And they even sort of hung a lantern on that in season one when they're like, the Paclids are a joke. Like, they're not a joke anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: I would love for the packlets just to continue to like be the like the Klingons of this show, like the the regular recurring bad guys.
2: Yeah, Ah. yeah. So speaking of one off races Mm -hmm. that you would never expect to make a return, okay, Tamarians.
1: Tamara, I would expect them to make a return because I think Tamarians are great.
2: But would you expect them to make a return as a Starfleet officer?
1: I I predicted that on one of our episodes.
2: Did you? Did I did. I that
1: there? that was one of the things I wanted to happen. I don't remember <laughs> now if it was on our one-offs episode or on our lower decks discussion, but I, someone go back and check because I All right. I'm on record on that. So wow. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Now my idea was a little bit different. It was um the Starfleet Tamarian that speaks in Star Trek references. But I was Oh, pretty, that's
2: right. I do remember you I saying that.
1: Pretty close. Pretty close. Were. I, I got 50% on that one.
2: Yeah. It's and it's so funny. He comes
1: on the bridge with that little knife sticking in his belt and yes.
3: he says his thing and everybody just looks at him.
1: Right. <laughs> it, it is and, hilarious. And that <laughs> itself is a nice reference where you had Wharf become this, the, the new security chief in season two of Next Gen and yeah. he wears his you know sash across his chest. And now you've got huh. the Tamarian with his sash replacing Shaq's. Yeah. yeah. The second point. season.
2: Yeah. And uh, uh, Mike McMahon said that uh, writing dialogue for this character is one of the funnest things that he's done on the <laughs> show. Bet. And I cannot wait to see what they've come up with.
1: <laughs> I'm excited uh, just that we're going to have new Tumerian quotes because the Shocker exactly. with the Walls Fell has been going for like yeah, 30 years. Dude, we've Absolutely. done that. Yeah.
2: Done to death. So, yeah, it's time for new ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
1: It's exciting to me. It's sort of the same way with Star Trek comics where like in the live action shows, you get, you know, the original series version of the Klingons or the motion picture version, but then the comics, they can just bring everything together. Yeah. You can have just all the, all the different Star Trek things just melded into one thing, but with a cartoon like Lower Decks, you can do the same thing where you can have Tamari and you can have a Pandronian and you can have a Mugatu and they're all yeah. just these <laughs> different elements from different Star Treks just blended into one show, which is right. just fun. Uh, a Mugatu
3: as a crew member—that would be funny. It would scream
1: all the time. There, there is a Mugatu in the in the show, um, yeah. not as a crew member, but there is a Mugatu does show up on a planet. They, it was in that first teaser we saw.
2: Oh, that's great!
1: And it looks uh, like that's the same episode with the Ferengi. It looks like they're out there capturing things.
2: Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Oh man, looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. So, any other thoughts on on the lower deck uh, panel or uh, on the trailer? I've had to watch the trailer three, four, five times because
3: <laughs> saying. it's a very long trailer. It's well over two minutes, and there's a lot going on. There is, you know, I had to I had to watch it several times to catch you know catch little things like the
2: Nosikans and so forth. Right, and there's right. so much
3: going on in this
2: thing, and apparently there's still things that I missed.
1: So. <laughs> Same here. The show's kind of that way too, though, where you've got to you can watch it over and over and and catch deeper and deeper references and oh yeah just, they just drop little things in there quickly and, and then move on
2: Yep.
1: uh so pretty exciting we've got you know i mean i would guess starting from august to, what was the 12th you know 20 k- weeks of star trek animated shows it would be my guess all yeah, back to back to back
2: that's crazy
1: yeah which is um i don't know if that's almost the same number of episodes that the original the original animated series even had <laughs> you know right. what i mean yeah exactly and then we're getting that many this year right uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, because
3: the original anime series is 22 episodes, I believe. 16, yeah, season one, like that, something like that. Yeah.
1: Something like that. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah
2: when we did our 20, our, our episode number 20, where we did 20 ep- uh, episodes of each series, that mm-hmm. was like well into season two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: yeah. right at the end of season two. Like, there's not, like, we'll, if we ever did a, a 30 episode, no more TAS. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right. right. All right. Well, any other thoughts about Lower Decks or Prodigy?
2: I'm excited about them. Did I say that?
1: I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> that episode title: Alan's excited. <laughs>
3: does 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 prodigy overall seem like it's going to be a little more quote unquote serious? I
2: like, um, yeah, yeah, it,
3: yeah, it, it, it does. Much
1: more serious. Yeah. Which is yeah. interesting that the, that the quote kid show is the, mm-hmm. the the more serious of the two. Right. It's,
2: it's more. Yeah, I think it's more adventure driven as yeah. opposed yeah. to humor driven, like. Lord X is and
1: and the the footage that we've seen from Prodigy so far is primarily them you know in this terrible prison planet and escaping right. from it you know so it's it's pretty grim so far what we've seen now yeah, I imagine so I that they're going to have lighter moments as we exactly. go exactly you know
2: I mean I can't imagine it's going to be too serious with Jenkem Pog around
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to Jenkem Pog I like I, colorites
2: I know <laughs> <sighs>
3: yeah. It'll be interesting on Prodigy if they use them, if the Medusin is every now and then used as almost a secret weapon. You know, like when they're in a dire situation, they tell the Medusin to take their mask off or whatever. And, Mm. you know, almost like, well, like a Medusin in Legend, Medusin in Legend, where they could freeze somebody. It'll be interesting. There's some times where they, the only way out is the Medusin to show their face to some enemy or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I, I hope there's some ongoing storyline or mystery involving the Medusan because that's uh, a random species to sort of just be out there.
2: Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have to have a plan to know what to do with them to include them in a show like this. That's right. Yeah, that's for sure. Because um, I would assume they have their own quarters.
1: <laughs> I would guess so. <laughs> yeah.
3: You wouldn't want a room with a Medusan. <laughs> <No. to that.
1: laughs> yeah, just hang a blanket across the room just in case.
0: <laughs> but then, do they even? go out of the body like out
1: of the suit out of the, the
0: suit. suit
2: it must sometime
3: i guess well what are well to the to your point earlier charles are they when they say are they are they energy was that determined are they just energy
1: yeah i are, think it's just an, an energy non-corporeal species but mm-hmm. um i mean they, they have a lot of room to play with medusans though there's not a whole lot of very exactly. specific information about exactly what a Medusan they is
2: right they have a lot of room to establish stuff yeah
1: it kind of right. reminds me of uh, Ambassador Kosh from Babylon Five.
2: Right. When yes. you
1: did finally get Ambassador Kosh outside the suit, it was a big deal on the show.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I, one of the best things, best moments of D Five. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I'm 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 imagining that Zero will be kind of the same way, where you know at some point Zero is going to come out of that suit, and it's just a matter of when and and how and why, you know. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. I always wonder what would Gene think if he saw all this stuff going on. He would probably be even more amazed at yeah. how. That you know, think he's building and building and building,
1: yeah. Especially if he be getting paid,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point, yeah. Gene's
1: no fool, <laughs> yeah.
3: that's why he wrote That's why he wrote lyrics to the original theme song, right? That's right,
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah
3: so he can get some money it's just great that and, I, and what we, I've said this before too Alan you keep saying you you're you talk about how you're excited but I keep saying it's just it's so it's neat to see a whole new generation of people coming up who really like Star Trek
0: mm-hmm. and are,
3: are shepherding it because there's so many people DC Fontana and all these other people who made the original series what it was. And even if you look at Berman and Braga, you had all these people who worked on the original series who also flo- flowed over to TNG and so forth. And now you're getting people who are literally working on Star Trek for the first time. And it's cool to see the, the kind of the new energy they're bringing in because I'm sure some of the other folks never thought of a prodigy type show or you know a lower deck show that's comedy that would have worked. And it's so cool yeah. to see that all these different ideas.
2: Absolutely.
1: Of- yeah. And it's people now who grew up watching 90s Trek. You know, whereas for so long, Mm -hmm. that was modern Trek was, you know, the 90s Trek and everyone who worked on that sort of idolized original series. But now you've got people who, you know, who watched Next Gen when they were kids, right? you know, and bringing those influences into the new Star Trek shows, which is pretty Mm -hmm. exciting. And, And I love seeing it grow. Like you were saying, Alan, you know. We had, we had in Picard, the first real star, the first crew that wasn't on a Starfleet ship, but they're all pretty much, you know, former Starfleet officers. And then now you're going to step beyond that where they're on a Starfleet ship, but they're not Starfleet at all. And they don't know yeah. anything about Starfleet. Right. So we're sort of getting further. You know, I love how they can play with a format like that. And I would love to, con- for that to continue. I, what I don't, what I wouldn't want is for it to just be Star Trek, insert ship name with a bunch of new Starfleet officers and new uniforms, you know, yeah. for every show, because then it gets repetitive.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they did enough of that in the nineties yeah. with, uh, that format exactly. And just mm-hmm. putting them in a different setting. And that was the only variation on the theme that there really was. Right. This has a whole life and an, and an energy about it. And I'm and not that I didn't like the eighties and nineties shows. Oh, yeah. I absolutely loved them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to see sort of. Like, like, like they've done with The Mandalorian and they're, they're bringing things out of the star, the, the star Wars cartoons and bringing them into live action. I'm wondering yeah. if you can have things introduced in the cartoons that will show up in the live action shows.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it.
1: All right. Well, Alan, where can people find more of you on the Internet?
2: Um, uh, Let's see. Cosmicpress.com. K-O-Z-M-I-C-press.com. And Hulanta uh, on Facebook group and page. Go find them.
1: And how about you, Keith? <laughs> on Instagram
3: you can find me and also on, on the ESO Network Facebook groups. And how about us,
1: Veronica?
0: Built30. Built30. Built30.
1: Com. <laughs>
0: ha! <laughs> I went again.
1: <laughs> I yeah, but I was closer. You've seen her getting all worked up and ready. She, she's been preparing herself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was.
1: And you can also find us on, on Instagram and other places like that at, at conventions soon.
2: And we will be both felt nerdy, and our podcast are going to be part of Virtual TrekLanta. Yeah, TrekLanta on the holodeck. August seventh. On, on what what date is it, v- Veronica?
0: August seventh. Hey.
1: Good
2: job. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up pretty soon, like a week away.
1: All right, Veronica, do you have a closing for us?
0: Yes. Inside Jad's hand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and if you if, if you don't get that, go back and watch that. Watch the panel. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Veronica, I'd ask you to translate jazz hands into Klingon, but I bet it doesn't translate.
0: It does not.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time.